Welcome to our Pride Season series of podcasts. I'm David Bufton, a knowledge lawyer in the Travis Smith's disputes team, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Lang Montgomery for this episode, where we'll be talking about LGBT plus inclusion, trans visibility and much more. So welcome, Lang. Um, to get us going, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Hi, um, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, David, and thank you to Travis Smith for inviting me to be part of this. Um, so I suppose, well, there's a lot I can tell you, really. Um, I've come out three times in my life. Um, first, when I was 15, I came out as a lesbian. Um, and then 12 years ago, and so this year, because I have two birthdays a year, so this year I'm actually celebrating 12 years of transitioning. And then five years ago, I came out as bi. So I feel that, you know, if anything, um, I think my closet doors will fall off if I actually try and come out any more times. <laughs> um, but... I also I think I've just really the main thing that I've really felt within that is always just been this sense of every time I come out it's about being honest and being myself and you know I was brought up um, in a single parent household um, in Nottingham originally um, and so interestingly you know my I, my gender identity the reason why it's quite significant in a lot of ways is I had no male role models growing up at all so if anything, I realised that from a very young age, like I actually was trans then. Like the first thing I was ever in trouble for at school, again, was I was told I had to, I, I, I could, I basically had to stop hiding my swimming top that I had that girls wore because I used to just not like wearing it. And I was about three, well, it was three when I first like wearing it, so it was five years old when I first got that sort of moment. And the only time I'd ever really have tantrums or feel really distressed. And it felt like absolute distress would be like if there was a school play or something, I was told to wear a skirt or something, I would completely flip. And it because to me, it just felt really wrong. So I definitely knew from a young age, but also as I got older, I kind of parked that because obviously, you know, growing up and especially at that time, it was late, eight, you know, it's the 1980s, you know, you're not really going to have um, a lot of trans masculine role models around. And I didn't know it was even really a possibility. Um, my family, well, particularly my mum, very, very accepting of who I've been at all stages, has always, always been um, massively supportive. And her main message that she's given me, and that's really stuck with me, and I think that's helped with resilience, actually, has been around just always being myself and being my true self. Because she said to her, the biggest joy of being a parent was to actually get to know the person that I'd become and you know for her it's been that journey and she's always wanted me to be happy but she's always wanted me to live a life that is my true life or my true identity so in a lot of situations I feel that that's something that has really really come in mm. um, quite a lot and I'd say that that's something that really came about it but you know when I was 15 I you know I I realised I was definitely a lesbian and I make a joke now saying I'm a bit too hairy to be a lesbian now so you know sort of like <laughs> Um, you know, but at the same time, that did feel okay for me, and that felt right. And I had, I've had a number of relationships, but the main, again, the main reason for transitioning for me was the fact that I wanted to be really, really honest with who I was. Um, and I always knew that I was male, but I found that quite difficult for a while as well because obviously, I didn't have male role models, and I haven't always seen the best sides of male behaviour either. So I haven't have a, had a sort of like romanticized view of masculinity if that sure. makes sense and and I didn't just want to transition and sort of be like not all men you know or anything like that but 
I, but at the same time, I know that's who I am. And actually, I don't subscribe to, you know, sort of hyper feminine or hyper masculine roles in society at all. And, you know, those sorts of things that patriarchy brings, you know, I don't subscribe to. So if anything, I feel that I, you know, I will always just be myself and I don't feel that I have to behave in a very stereotypical way. And, and coming out as bi was quite a big thing for me, because obviously for a lot of years I was, a gold star lesbian in a lot of ways but then from taking testosterone I realized that I did start having feelings or attraction towards men in a way that I didn't really have before but again when we you know I just think sexual orientation it's just about who we love and I think we we don't we can't control that and we shouldn't block ourselves anyway because why should we have to block ourselves for love or you know or just feeling you know anything around that area when if if the barriers are other people's prejudice and bigotry and the same applies to gender identity too you know who we are and who we love is part of us and i think that that's what i think is so important so particularly in june when it is june when it is pride season you know there are not rainbow unicorns walking everywhere which i think some people probably think you know but mm. i think it is a time that i particularly reflect a lot more on making sure that you know being yourself and loving who you want to is something that we celebrate, but also that we keep helping and campaigning and supporting others that are not in the position that we are here in the UK right now, where we can, for the most part, be ourselves, or we have at least laws that protect us. But obviously, in terms of wider societal acceptance, there is a lot more work to do, because I still think, I mean, one thing I've definitely reflected on, I've noticed um, since, since being in a male identity now, is the fact that if I was with another man in the street, I would really, really think twice. And even in London and even in lots of different locations where I would feel safe to hold their hand or it would just be nice to know you could be in a restaurant or just going anywhere and people aren't just going to stare at you, even if they're giving the nice stare, which is they're thinking, oh, isn't that lovely? But sometimes you just like, I just want to eat my meal. You know, it's like kind of can I just be um, and people just sort of looking like oh look at that <laughs> sort of it becomes you know we're not a spectacle and it's just like we are who we are so that's something that I you know that I always reflect on and I think about going forward a lot more but ultimately you know sort of I I'm very happy with myself I'm happy with my life the only thing that's ever been difficult about me being trans has been other people's prejudice other people's bigotry and other people's misconceptions or having um sort of really quite strange views on things that you know and also when there's sort of things like increased media coverage and things like that you know my main challenge because I gave a TED talk in 2018 about the same thing as well my main challenge is I would love it if there is all this interest in trans identities or trans people to actually for us to hear from some actual trans people themselves rather than just a group of people talking about trans people all the time and sometimes coming from a perspective or most of the time where they're not very positive about it because I feel it's an unreliable narration going on and that does influence people or it can make people it can other trans people in a way that I think doesn't need to happen when in fact we are a small minority group you know we're not coming to take over spaces from people or take anything from people in fact we are just you know we already sit on the fringes of society for the most part so you know it's not a trend to be trans so I think again those sorts of attitudes and myths need to be really challenged actively and ultimately just you know when people are living a life where they're living their true selves or they're being themselves that's exactly what they're doing and I just don't quite understand why there is so much hostility towards that when 
you know, I know in my situation, and I know I do carry some privileges as a result of this, so I'm not going to dispute that in any way, but unless I tell people I'm trans, they have no idea. They just look at me and they'll think, hi, it's Leng. You know, that's typically what it is. And that's, you know, the only news flash in that is the fact that that is probably the lived experience for a majority of other people as well. So, you know, the fact is, you know, I'm not going to stop being who I am and neither should anyone else. And I would just like there to be a point where we have more of a tipping point where we can just all take a breath and just let people just be themselves a bit more because that's what it's all about. And it's a bit of a strange message I feel that we get where we might tell our children, you know, we want our children to be themselves and stuff. And then sort of, you know, someone might come out as LGBT and then it's like, oh, no, you can't be yourself quite. And it's it's a bit of a strange message there. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fascinating. Um, and you touched on this earlier, something I'm quite interested in. Um, I'd be interested in your experience of this. Uh, how important have role models been, um, both kind of through your journey and even now? Um, and also how important is, is rep representation? You mentioned that, you know, um, that there's very, you know, the, the trans community is actually a really small community. Um, and so representation is all the more important, I'd have thought. Oh, absolutely. I mean, firstly, when it comes to role models, well, I feel there's still a long way to go there in a lot of ways, because mm. if anything, in some situations, I just I said it a few years ago, and I think I probably offend probably some members of my own community on this one, to be entirely honest. But I just sort of thought, can we just have some boring trans people out there, you know, and what I meant by that was the fact of, can we, you know, not everyone's going to be a model or on TV or, you know, have a very media facing kind of persona. I just thought, you know, I, I was saying that because I was on a day where I was being possibly a bit personally attacked. I was the only person, which is usually the case with my sort of role, doing diversity and inclusion for a large corporation. I was sat in the office and it was lunchtime and I remember eating a bag of crisps and the only visibility I felt of that was this sign that said no trans fats and then I felt like the crisps were judging me in that situation but you know in terms of you know when people talk about um, you know oh you know it's really important to have versions of people like yourself out there well in my case actually I, I feel the role model question is very interesting because actually I don't have that and I won't have that you know because mm -hmm. there's a very small pool of us to begin with it would be lovely to see other version of myself in the future or I know that maybe I've represented that for other people which is great yeah. because you know, and also prior to that, I appreciate other people that have, especially activists that have really, really made themselves visible and practically walked over coals for us, you know, and also people before us, of, you know, because where we're likened to the rights and the way that we're used to living now, the privileges that we sit on now, other people yeah. have fought them tooth and nail for that. So I never forget that or I will never be dismissive of that either. But it is tricky and also quite a lot of the time I'd say with trans representation as well it's very focused on trans feminine identities sometimes and sometimes non-binary but even non-binary isn't getting spoken about but trans masculine specific um sort of focus things stuff I find that it's just not there a lot of the time you know because even in some situations where 
people have become a little more learned, let's say, and they've um, definitely, they want to show the right behaviours. If I've said I'm trans, sometimes they start asking about my female name. And it wasn't because they were asking about my past, which I, I thought was the case initially and was feeling a bit like, why is that relevant? Mm. I mean, apart from one person that was asking if I had pictures to hand of what I used to look like, and that I found annoying because I just reminded them again and I just turned it into a bit of an educational thing I just reminded them I said well think back to maybe being a teenager or a time in your life when you weren't that happy with how you looked or felt do you have those pictures just ready just to show people at any opportunity and people are like oh no and I'm like well why no. don't no, and also no. what does it matter what my previous name was or how I used to look it doesn't matter you know this isn't stars in the eyes I'm not just walking through some you know sort of doors and you know it's not in this great reveal thing but again I think certain areas of the media have perpetuated that again where some people might be comfortable to do that and I understand why and that is their choice that's fine but I do think that whole before and after thing is not that narrative I think needs to be challenged a bit or people are not entitled to know that if people want to share that that's one thing but it's not someone's sort of right to know so to speak and but you know when I have been in situations where perhaps um, I've been asked about, um, you know, previous name and stuff, what happened was it, or female name it was, they were like, oh no, we don't want to know about your past. What it was, was they actually thought that I was transitioning to a female identity. Mm. So they were surprised to see that I was actually trans in the first place. So, you know, some people say, well, we could take that as a massive compliment. And yes, you know, I, I didn't take that in a negative way, but it did also make me realize about representation again, because I thought, well, actually, where are the trans men? Because there are very few of us, and there's definitely not many that I know of that work in diversity and inclusion. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely none that I know that maybe were brought up in a single parent household on benefits in Nottingham um, that also are mixed race, but don't look anything like their ethnic background, and they look like some Italian guy a lot of the time. So, you know, and I know there's not really anything like that. So when people get very much like, I have to see someone like me thing, I'm just like, well, I feel if that if that's more of a possibility for certain people I, I do consider that a privilege in some ways because being able to have that access to that sort of shared lived experience and stuff is going to be sort of there so if anything I've made my own role models where I can um, and some of my role models have been people that have been cisgender some have been trans as well but a lot of it's been based on attitude and behaviors and you know just things that I felt alignments to but also things that have given me to think about and things to aspire to as well because that to me has been something that's very very important um, and also the other thing that has really really I've benefited from the most is allies you know and having a lot of allies that have been really supportive and showing really good allyship not just buying me a gin from time to time but actually you know sort of making sure that you know they've they've faced into conversations that have been tricky or if they've heard questions about trans people, they've actually, and it hasn't always been about when I'm in the room, it's been like when I'm not in the room, actually, it's mm -hmm. been happy. And they've also done that on behalf of other people as well. And just making sure that they show support and also keeping spaces safe for everyone. And in, the, and in reverse of that, I make sure that I'm a very visible and vocal ally too, because since transitioning, I have noticed a lot of sort of misogyny like I've not I didn't realize how much sexism was in society until I became a man I mean that would be another podcast in itself I think but it's, <laughs> it's shocking you know sort of what I've heard people saying and yes. even those nice men that you know and there's not a woman around I've been like I can't believe you said that and the same with racism as well because obviously I do look white 
Although my father was half Jamaican, half Asian. My mum's British English and was brought up in Malaysia originally. So, and I do look Italian, you know, so I know that sort of with looks. So as a result, this sort of whiteness, and I definitely have benefited from white privilege and all those things. So again, I totally own that. I'm not even going to dispute that because it's not anything to dispute anyway. But my point is, is that actually within that, knowing that I navigate the world as a white person with those sorts of things, the amount of racism I've heard, and that's what I found shocking, and that has been everywhere. And so that's where, again, even though in this time of year we particularly focus on LGBT allies, rightly so, we as LGBT people need to make sure we're stepping up our allyship too, especially towards other trans people and also people of colour, because, and also making sure that we're not being sexist, because, uh, you know, by sort of taking an intersectional approach with allyship, I think that means that we're all taking, we all take some responsibility in keeping a space safe. And also we are making sure that we are being as inclusive as we can, because, you know, just because you are gay does not mean that, you know, you are devoid of being anything else, you know, and actually, you know, sort of, there, ha there are cases sometimes where there are people from certain communities that might have been racist or sexist or other things like that. So it's important that we all check each other and also we make sure that we have those conversations. And it's also not the oppression Olympics. So just because I get trans, you know, I'm, I'm at risk of transphobia and biphobia, it doesn't mean that I'm not capable of doing something else that might be oppressing another group. So it's mm -hmm. so important that we um, we check ourselves and we maintain good allyship and just, you know, good vibes with each other, really. Yeah, I, I agree that allyship is super important, not just for other kind of areas of the community, but also within the LGBT community. Um, uh, and before we wrap up, um, I, I want to ask you a final question. Uh, we talk a lot about allyship at Travis Smith and have spent some time exploring what actions we can take to become more effective allies for people from minority and marginalized backgrounds. What's one thing or, or one action uh, would you ask our listeners to do to help become a better ally for the trans community? I think just look for any materials when you wanna know anything about trans people, particularly at the moment, um, do not believe everything in the media really activists, mm -hmm. particularly UK media, I would say really make sure that you look at who has authored or produced the work yourself. So if it's podcasts, there are lots of TED Talks that have been done by trans people. So basically, has it been produced by a trans or non-binary person? And try and, and try and look at more materials made by those people in the first instance, because I think that's going to give you a more accurate re reflection, because obviously your opinions are your opinions. And that is, of course, what I think is important. But I just think that there needs to be more educational people having more access to materials and using materials that actually come from the actual lived trans experience rather than just someone's opinion of trans yes yeah great great well, that makes perfect sense to me uh, uh, and on that note uh, we'll end it there so thank you very much elaine for uh, taking part and for sharing your your um, wisdom and uh, thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed oh, thanks for having me